I'm Ginger Birkenbuehl. And I'm Esther Ikoro. And we're the hosts of the Honest Field Guide podcast. Entrepreneurship is no joke. The journey is full of anticipation, failure, hope, and disappointment. You'll make money and be totally broke at the same time. The Honest Field Guide podcast tells you the truth. We know being an entrepreneur is crazy hard and you will sometimes cry at dinner. Listen in to be inspired, laugh, and learn how to really thrive on your business journey. On this episode of the Honest Field Guide podcast, the state of Instagram for professional services. Using Instagram for professional services is very different from using Instagram for products or retail storefronts. And this episode, we're going to discuss some tactics, techniques, ideas, concepts, styles, and suggestions for how to use this amazingly wonderful social media tool, Instagram, for B2B and professional services. All right, Ginger, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Esther? I'm good. Excited. Summer's here. Yeah. Flip-flop season, short (laughs) season. Flip-flops only if you have a a pedicure, though. I know. If you don't have a pedicure, please do not wear flip-flops. Please. For the love of God. (laughs) It's also hiking season. Well, every season is hiking season, but summer is really like... Hiking season? You know, you go outside and you hike. Never mind. (laughs) Not me. Bug spray season. (laughs) For me, too. I hate bugs. Yeah, no, I I don't do hiking. I'm more of a beach woman like I like being on the beach no no hiking for me in the summertime there's there's exhausting I know but I'm not moving I'm laying on it I'm laying on a chair but it's like you're laying there and letting the sun assault you yeah it's true it's hot punching me while I'm sleeping or something yeah yeah but hiking hiking is not is not happening not not no Mm -mm. not even to see like crazy beautiful stuff in the in if it's it depends on where the hiking is taking place I mean if we're hiking you know somewhere on the northern coast of California where it's a little bit cooler but you know oh, okay not if it's 100 degrees in Michigan I see. not doing that okay understandable yeah well I like to sweat because that's like my exercise so I need <laughs> to like feel like I'm gonna die I feel like <laughs> for me to be like ah good hike because I'm like in a life flight helicopter I'm like yeah this is a really good idea okay Instagram for business We have talked about Instagram for business in the past, but the question that we came about when we were talking about Instagram for business was that there's a real lack of information regarding Instagram for professional services specifically. Yes. Um, What do we mean by professional services, Jinja? So professional services are companies that provide accounting, legal, marketing, consulting, uh information technology, cybersecurity, um, anything that's not necessarily product-based because it's really fun and joyful and a little bit easier to use social media and other advertising platforms for product sales because you can easily show um, and touch and, and you can get the feeling of what it might smell like or what textures are happening you know, inside of a store um, walking in and showing people how things look and, you know, you know, like even on home shopping network, people pick up clothes and purses and they open bags and you can see people's hands slowly drawing themselves across, you know, you know, things. And it's, 
you know, it's a very tactile experience. But when you're talking about professional services, you know, depending on what you're talking about, people's eyes could potentially glaze, glaze over. So, over. yeah, like if you if you if you're listening to, you know, a lawyer, for example, you know, talking about something that happened in law last week or some, you know, change that took place at the judicial level, you might sit there and say, wow, I don't know anything about the law, but this is so boring. But that is professional services. And there are really yeah. interesting ways that you could communicate on social media mm. um, and make it really, really interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Professional services don't really lend themselves to the type of visual excitement um, that we usually think about when we think about social media. Um, it also kind of reminds me of the world of podcasting, mm -hmm. where a podcast about the seemingly most boring thing mm -hmm. can be riveting, mm -hmm. <laughs> like mm -hmm. riveting. If mm -hmm. the right person is telling the story, yeah. if the right visuals are conjured up, if the right music is layered to it, right. you can listen to a podcast about a paperclip factory and be on the edge of your seat. Have you heard a podcast about a paperclip factor? Paper clip no, factory? but there are podcasts about very, very niche things. Okay. Yeah. 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 But they're amazing. And you know, that's kind of, I'm glad you say that because professional services, when you are a small business, one to five person shop, oftentimes that is is a niche business because you're not necessarily a larger professional services company, which might have multiple verticals. You might have a few things that you do within the company, mm -hmm. which are really, really specific. So how do you communicate that mm -hmm. on social media, which is a powerful platform that when you're in business, no matter what business you're in, you've got to find a way to use the tool, right? You've got to figure out what is going to make sense. So yeah, so just to start off, um, let's talk about two things. The first is, what are some of the reasons that people in professional services usually use to justify them not using social media? Mm -hmm. And then let's talk about what we've seen that makes a good professional service profile right at first glance. Well, what I've noticed is um, it really gets back to some of the things we've talked about before. Uh, companies that provide B2B or professional services, B2B, B2B meaning business to business, um, they really don't think they have anything interesting to say. And it gets to how do you develop the confidence to write and talk about what you're doing so that it doesn't seem boring or uninteresting. Or or people that are, you know, like I said, in the legal or accounting space, they'll, they'll, they'll ask me, you know, when I, when I do, you know, professional training, um, what can I talk about? What am I doing that's interesting? I'm, I'm professional service. I don't have anything cool. So it, it sometimes becomes a challenge because you have to really dig deep a little bit to find out what kind of content can I write about that will inspire someone to act, to come to my profile, like what I'm talking about, or even potentially want to hire me for services. So the, the content creation process is what's really challenging about professional services. Um, there are interesting professional services. You know, there's people that do, um, you know, really cool things. So some of the work that I do for my agency, if I'm doing brand strategy and I'm helping CEOs or other, you know, senior leaders think about how they should be presenting themselves from a professional brand standpoint, that's kind of fun because, you know, if you're working with um, high profile, you know, even potentially celebrities or people that are highly respected in their field, that could be more fun, for example, than helping a small business as an accounting firm, you know, save money during tax season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, what do you do? What do you do then? 
it gets a little tricky, but I like to always think about some unifying themes that deal more with the theory of social media. Um, because when you understand the theory behind a lot of these platforms and the utilization of it, then you can kind of translate that in, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So when we think about Instagram, for instance, Mm -hmm. the theory behind Instagram is that human beings react very viscerally, positively, negatively. They're interested, they're drawn in Mm -hmm. by visuals, Mm -hmm. period. Right. Right. Yeah, but is it really a theory, though? Is that it's not a theory anymore. It's not a theory. It's shown. <laughs> it's yeah, real. that's true. It, human <laughs> beings are visual creatures. And mm-hmm. so I guess maybe theory is the wrong word. It's more like the premise yeah. of it. Yeah. Is that the purpose. human beings are visual. Mm-hmm. And the more interactive and immersive those visuals are, um, the more human they feel in yeah. a way. More intimate, um, more connected. The more intimate, more connected. Right. Then that really plays on the strengths of the actual platform right so this is why if you don't understand the premise of the platform why people end up doing things like putting pdfs on facebook right because they don't understand the premise of facebook so it's not a a one-size-fits-all they're utilizing like the premise of the purpose of print advertisement and then just like slapping it on something else some of the channels i've looked at recently um yeah you're right they use something that they're leveraging in a print format they're taking a screenshot mm-hmm. and they're attaching it to mm-hmm. Instagram or they're taking a screenshot of a really detailed invitation that they've created mm-hmm. and thinking that people can read on their smartphone little tiny, tiny, yeah. you know, one point size mm-hmm. type. And nobody can really look mm-hmm. at that. And we see that happening a lot with new developments yeah. like an IGTV, yeah. for instance, where yeah. people are just repurposing horizontal video and trying to just reframe it for (laughs) vertical video which ruins your framing and it doesn't so it does take thought to understand how does this platform work for me based on what it's supposed to be about right so what are some signs of a good professional service page to you and then I'll say what I think well I I love it I can't wait to hear what you think I almost feel like I want to hear what you have to what you think first okay (laughs) Before so, I, can, I really do. You tell me what you think because this is what I do. So I want to know mm. from your perspective what you yeah. think looks good in professional services. So for professional services, there there are two ways that you can go. Let's start with the avatar, your profile picture, mm-hmm. right? I love a nice, strong logo profile picture. It can feel a little impersonal, mm-hmm. but if it's a nice logo and you're consistent and it's obvious that this is the logo for a company it can feel really nice and polished, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. What does MailChimp do? They've got, of course, they've got their monkey logo. It adds a nice bit of continuity. It's bold. I already knew what their logo was going to be, what their profile picture was going to be before I even went to their page right. because they've been so consistent with that chimp head mm-hmm. and it's such a bold logo and good-looking logo and they use it so consistently that it's just obvious mm-hmm. that this is what they're there for. I mean, so I want to I wanna ask you that, something about that then. So... Um, what I'm hearing with your answer is when you're professional services, having a photo of yourself is not the answer, but having something that represents your brand is more appropriate for professional services, right? Or, or as opposed to even if you're um, selling products, which you might want to show your brand or you might want to show the actual product, but um, you know, you're, you're saying that having your logo when your B2B or professional services is more relevant? It can go either way. It really depends on the visual mm-hmm. because there are some professional services pages where mm-hmm. the actual person at the center of the business 
takes up a lot of the personality of the business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That person's photograph, if it's a nice one Mm -hmm. that is contextually relevant, can Mm -hmm. be just as impactful as their actual logo. Right, right. So whatever you're going to do, be bold and be professional. So whether it's a logo or a photograph, um, and I will say this, if it's a photograph, it better be a photograph of one person. Mm -hmm. It Mm -hmm. better be close enough for me to know what's happening. Mm Mm-hmm. So that if that's the face of the brand that you want to portray and the person whose photograph it is, if you are going to use a photograph, better be at at the center or adjacent to a lot of the content you're putting out. Whatever you do, you want continuity. And don't you think I mean, I'm even thinking about my own um, Instagram profile where I'm using my brand colors. Yes. And it's me. I'm showing myself in the imagery and I have a big giant B in the background, which stands for Burke Creative. So it's it's not showing my logo as clearly as MailChimp and really my logo is typographic. So having Burke Creative doesn't necessarily read well on a little tiny screen. But I love that you brought up the the visual branding like that because I think that um, that gets into a broader conversation that we can probably have later about how to actually make better branding because there there are some visual identities that are not working on digital mediums like a small, tiny little smartphone or an Instagram profile image, right? So what are some of the other things you were going to talk about? So having a great brand visual photo, um, but there were some other things that we were talking about earlier in terms of the content that shows up on the page. Another good thing that really distinguishes a good professional services page from a non-professional service page or a bad professional service page is that good professional service pages have well-crafted language in their bio field they've really put a lot of thought into what they put in that bio field Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you should too Mm -hmm. because that's the first thing that people read when they go who is this right one sentence it forces you to be succinct right which is why it it separates the wheat from the chaff so to speak because wait 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 separates the what from the what the wheat from the chaff it separates the byproduct that is not worthy right from the the thing that is like, here is what you want. Okay, gotcha. All right, great. So, you know, adding on to the single sentence you're talking about, I would like to also add the messaging that you include on your profile needs to be consistent across all platforms. So um, you want to avoid having, and we're talking um, professional services, um, not necessarily product, um, but you want to have your brand promise everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, your LinkedIn company page, Um, your Pinterest profile, if you have one, um, your Twitter profile, you want to have the same type of message. And that message really should not necessarily be a resume type of of message. Mm -hmm. It needs to tell the um, visitor to your profile what you're selling, what you're offering for them. So it needs to be benefits-based. Um, that's really what it should be. And and benefits base could be listing the specific services that someone's looking for, or it could say something like, you know, when you buy or, you know, hire my company, this is the benefit you'll get, which is saving money, perfect legal advice, um, you know, super safe security uh, platforms, you know, whatever it is, make sure that you're indicating what you're promising to deliver and make sure that's consistent everywhere that your online profiles exist. 
Absolutely. And I think that for a platform like Instagram, where you kind of have to sell from a different perspective, the profile, once you say, this is who we are, this is what we do, the the bio is also a great place to set up the premise of your specific Instagram. Let me give an example from JP Morgan. They do a really good job because they are a finance company, which is professional services. But if you look at their Instagram, their Instagram looks like a travel page. So here's how they set it up. So you know why this finance company is showing me pictures from all over the world. Because that doesn't necessarily relate to finance, but it shows a good example of how they're building kind of a, a lifestyle and ecosystem, a world around their brand and how it fits in to the context of the things that people want to use them for. Mm-hmm. So here's what JP Morgan um, says on their profile. Follow us around the world to see our employees, communities, and ideas at work. And I love that because they're telling you what they're going to offer and the benefits Mm -hmm. when you visit their profile. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad you brought up JP Morgan because they've decided that their Instagram channel is is serving a very unique purpose as compared to their LinkedIn company page, Mm -hmm. right? So they're offering a different experience on their Instagram, which is another way to look at it. Earlier I said, you know, all of your profiles should be consistently represented um, in the same way, but you could make a decision. You know, I think my Instagram channel is going to be my company lifestyle page. And that's something very different than what you would want to be talking about on Facebook or Twitter. Cause you know, Twitter has a different purpose, like you said, Mm -hmm. um, a different premise than a channel like Instagram. So that's another way to look at it as well. And then you should also note that When you convert your business to a business profile on Instagram, you can say what field you're in. Mm -hmm. So JP Morgan in their profile, for example, it doesn't say we are a finance company because when they went to an Instagram business profile, they chose finance company. Mm -hmm. So it says JP Morgan and right under that it says finance company. And then in their bio, they say, follow us around. And, you know, this is the premise of our Instagram page. Right. And so why don't you mention a little bit, um, because I know people that are, that use Instagram are getting asked convert to a business profile. Um, I mean, you'll have the option of doing that. And so some of the benefits of converting to a business profile, if you haven't already, and you do have a legitimate small business, you have access to richer, deeper analytics. You have access to the Facebook full advertising platform, because once you convert to a business profile that will integrate with your Facebook company page, which hopefully you have set up as well. So there are added value benefits to having a business profile. But again, those are really designed um, for you to become an advertiser, for your company to become an advertiser. There's no other purpose in converting to a business profile unless you're making a decision that you're going to start spending money on advertising. There there really is no other reason. I don't know. Do you agree with that? Because I feel like you know, you know, because once you convert to a business profile, Facebook puts you in a different category than if you're a non-business profile, which means you're really a consumer of information. If you're a business profile and you're not advertising, you still get those analytics about who your audience is. That's true. When the best time to post is, yeah. what content is really working. Mm-hmm. When I look at business profiles, if I get a link and I click it and it goes to a website that is not mobile ready, or it goes to the homepage of the website, which doesn't actually give me something to do, I get a little confused. I'm like, what is this link and where am I going and what does it mean? Having a link that one, sign someone up for your email list would be great if that is something that you're looking to do, if you're looking to increase 
you know, um, um, your email list, you want to have a link that sends people to sign up. You could also be sending someone to a link where they can actually purchase something or hire you. We're talking about how to really enhance your profile on Instagram. When you go to your edit profile, there's a whole series of things you can do. Your name is listed, your username is listed, of course, which you really don't want to change. Your website's listed, your bio is listed, and then business information. You have options to indicate your page from Facebook, which allows you to add the link so that um, Facebook and Instagram can be linked. There's your category, which gives you the option of changing your category. We talked earlier about JP Morgan, um, their category, which is something that's automatically put in through Instagram. And then you have contact options. The contact options allow you to put your email. You can list a phone number if you'd like, which is a really wonderful way when you're in business and professional services for people to reach you because email is great, but sometimes people want to call. And even if they don't want to call, having a phone number listed says, wow, that's a company that has a phone number listed. So they're probably really in business. The other thing you can do on Instagram is add an action button. Most of the action buttons on Instagram are really designed for products or retail storefront services like, you know, booking your appointment to get your hair done or nails or things like that. But one of the features that they have on the Instagram is an Eventbrite action button, which is amazing because most of us in professional services, we have an Eventbrite account because one, we often run workshops or we provide training to our customers, or two, we attend events which are booked through Eventbrite. So if you're going to add an action button and you're in professional services or B2B, Eventbrite is probably the only place that you would add an action button. Other than that, sometimes the action buttons aren't really useful as much for professional services. Maybe Instagram will um, you know, enhance their professional services features like this. You know, I would like to see a feature on Instagram that is, you know, call for a 15 minute consultation, you know, free consultation with professional services or, you know, or, or fill out this form and, um, let's do a really quick accounting check, right? Something like that would be really helpful for B2B. The greatest question of <laughs> the all, the greatest question of all, the question that I get asked 24 hours a day by people in professional services who are thinking about using social media is ding, ding, ding. What do I show? Oh yeah. That is the question. Yeah. Um, so I took it upon myself to comb Instagram for the most boring professional services and take notes on what very popular pages representing those pr- professional services were doing and how they were telling their story. Oh, great. And of course, Burt Creative is one of them, right? Burt Creative is definitely <laughs> one of them. Excellent Instagram feed. <laughs> so... One thing that I found in the world of plumbing specifically (laughs) is that a lot of plumbers show their work in action. Wow. That's, you know what? That's scaring me a little bit. (laughs) But think about the type of things that people like to watch. The type of oddly satisfying things that people jump down YouTube rabbit holes for. (laughs) Do you understand how satisfying it is to watch someone unclogged a clog pipe yes it's so weirdly satisfying (laughs) but you get none of the repercussions of having to be there do any of the work or even know what's going on I'm glad you pivoted because I was actually having these you know really like 
you know, plumbing nightmare stories, which might actually be kind of interesting. So I've seen people do things like that. Mm -hmm. So they will show their work in action. Yeah, I love it. They're not talking about specific clients or why they're there. Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity to show their expertise and show the range of things that they deal with on a Mm -hmm. regular basis. Mm -hmm. Um, I also saw some really interesting pest control services. Mm -hmm. That's like, here's how you take away a honey, honey bee nest without hurting the bees and without getting hurt yourself or or this is what you do or this is where they normally hide right so just documenting not even necessarily creating because none of these videos or stories or photographs were necessarily produced or polished up in the way that maybe something that jp morgan produces is Mm -hmm. but they're just documenting the things that they see on a day-to-day basis right right which for a person who isn't part of that world is inherently novel and interesting and I think, too, I mean, um, the whole philosophy around how to fix something. I mean, you know, this is creeping a little bit into YouTube because a lot of people learn how to fix things that they used to have to hire professionals for. But what you could do, you know, with Instagram and specifically when you're talking about the plumber, um, the plumbing company, you know, sh- ex- showing your expertise is a way to establish credibility and trust. from a customer to say, oh, you know what, this company, you know, they're clean, they're professional, they're showing themselves well, they're speaking clearly, they have a great profile, and I'm actually learning something. So you're really giving that potential customer or your existing customer validation of how great you are. And they're going to say, you know what, I'm going to call these people because they look like they know what they're doing. And of course, you know, the operative word is look, we are talking about Instagram. People are looking at things. It's not like they're reading anything. And that's a really good point because that idea of they look like they know what they're doing. I, I had a really interesting conversation yesterday with someone who was telling me that they were hesitant to utilize social media to its full potential because they didn't want people to think that they were so busy on Instagram that they weren't actually doing their job. Oh, my gosh. That's what? a problem. People are still actually yes. saying things like that. Yes. She said, I mean, to- I can see it when, when you're an employee, then your, your boss is like, you're spending a lot of time or you're spending a lot of time on Instagram. Yeah. Are you actually at work? Yeah. And what I told her basically can be summed up in this. The world is a lot larger than it used to be mm-hmm. as far as how connected we are. Because her main her main concern was, well, wouldn't you want someone you got a word of mouth recommendation from? Mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit about the, the actual facts and statistics on this, but people are more likely to head to the internet for recommendations they are. than they are to do word of mouth. Because word of mouth is very limited yeah yeah. if you're looking for a good cardiologist right and no one around you has had a heart attack or knows someone in that professional service you're not necessarily getting the breadth of knowledge or an unbiased opinion Mm -hmm. necessarily Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i look at professional services like this um it's not the only factor, but it adds to the ecosystem of how people understand your brand. And I think, too, um, what's really powerful about Instagram is really people can see your face. So um, another great um, profile um, to look at for professional services or B2B would be Deloitte. Um, you know, Deloitte is, um, you know, high level strategy 
um, digital consulting, technology, change management, accounting, all kinds of amazing things. They're one of the largest, you know, consulting um, companies in the world. And when you when you go to look at Deloitte versus you know the plumber that you can actually see hands moving and tools making changes and um, you know objects and um, things happening. But if you go to Deloitte. Um, this is a really great channel to look at. You know, their their profile says the millennials have spoken. Download Deloitte's seventh annual millennial survey. And so, um, you know, what they're doing is they're going in and they're making changes to their profile content, probably weekly, maybe monthly, maybe quarterly, because they have different initiatives that they're trying to communicate on Instagram. So right now they're they're getting information about a survey because Deloitte, you know, pr- promotes and publishes a lot of information for larger corporations to understand trends and changes that are taking place in specific industries. But on their channel, you'll see a lot of people from Deloitte, their faces. It puts the face to the company to let people know this is what we look like. This is our positive presentation. This is our brand. This is who we are. So they're leveraging Instagram not only for um, validation and credibility, but they're also using it as a tool to reach people that want to work there. So they're kind of helping people see what they look like. You know, I want to work there. This looks like a fun, great place. Look how interesting it is. Look at the types of, um, you know, communities and companies and or not companies, but cultures and uh, countries that their employee base comes from. This is the kind of company that I want to work with. And this is the kind of company that I want to work for. So there's other ways to, you know, think about for professional services that are more than just sort of telling people this is what it looks like or this is how to do something. It really could be more about what you look like. But they also um, are leveraging a lot of infographics. You know, they're showing, you know, charts and they're showing data and they're showing high level um, ideas about um, things that are happening in the industry. Um, They're really colorful and they're in brand. They're in brand. They're visually in brand. And there is a consistency to the images they're showing. So the colors they're using are their brand colors. I mean, even if they're showing an image of a person outside, someone in that picture has a color from their brand. Like there's a one woman that they're showing and she's got the red from the Deloitte red, which I think is fabulous. So they are being very meticulous about the type of images they're showing. And even though they're showing a ton of people, um, you know, they're having uh, a consistent look. Um, from colors to faces to positive, the sunshine, the lights on. It's, it's just, you know, it's all working really, really well. Something like Instagram also helps you develop your brand voice, uh, which is really important. A lot of brands that I, I might not necessarily have thought about have really playful brand voices or they're not afraid to be a little experimental as far as the content they, they put out. So that's surprising and it keeps the audience engaged. Another really interesting channel to look at for B2B Um, or professional services, Um, there's a channel called the ICANN Collective. And what I love about this channel is, you know, she's leveraging Eventbrite, um, you know, to get people to sign up for her next event. Um, Her channel is bright, cheerful, people are laughing. She has um, Instagram videos included, which show the surprise and delight that you were just talking about earlier, which gives people a fun, you know, loose, upbeat feel it's pretty consistent. You know, she's also showing her customers, you know, that's some, that's another way to communicate what's happening with your brand. Show your customers, have images of you at work with your customers. That's always a great thing. Of course, you have to get their permission. They have to agree to want to be in your images, but, um, you know, showing yourself at work 
is fabulous. You know, showing yourself, if you're a one person company, one-on-one with the customer, you know, sitting at a desk, talking, smiling, laughing, they don't have to be pose shots. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that, I think the word there that, that makes those, that type of content work is authenticity. Yes. Authenticity. So not having too many pose photos humanizes your brand in a way that makes it feel more authentic and less selly. Yeah. Less selly. And the less you like aggressively sell something, the more likely you are to actually get people to come along because then it doesn't feel like spam. And isn't it also, it's, it's more than even just less selly. It's actually less self-serving. Yes. Less self-serving. Um, so one of the ways that you can do this, if you're like a one person professional services, maybe get someone you know to uh, take just candid snaps of you mm-hmm. um, doing something like working from a distance. Yeah. Or, and, and don't be afraid to take a couple steps back because one of the th- reasons why posed pictures are so difficult is that they don't give you a lot of context. Yeah, they there don't. There are other ways to create context around who you are and what you do if the person holding the camera just takes a few steps back so I can see what else is going exactly. on Exactly, back up, as back well. up. Where are you? What What are you doing? What process is that? What tool are you using? Right, and Where's what the are lo- you working on? And what's the location? You and know? what's the location? How are you dressed? How are you sitting? Where are you sitting? I mean, and you do have to think about these things when you decide to include images like that on your professional services channel because you do want to make sure that um, what you're wearing and how you're sitting and what context you're sitting within aligns with the brand story you're trying to tell right so I mean you can tell someone very easily just take a picture back up and get me candid you know, but make sure that you're not sitting next to a garbage can that's overflowing in the park yeah look around (laughs) I mean look around please (laughs) Okay, so your feed is when you go on Instagram, that dashboard right there of what every single person is posting that you follow and some people that they suggest to you, what they're posting. So when you post a picture that goes to your grid, your Instagram layout, the the, the photographs that show up underneath your, your bio and your link and your calls to action, that's part of your Instagram feed. So every time you post something that will eventually end up on that grid underneath your bio and your link on your profile, it will also subsequently show up in the dashboard of the, the sea of what everybody else is posting on Instagram. And this is on the Instagram for business blog. (laughs) So here's some data Instagram published on their blog about what works in in, uh, the feed, in the Instagram feed, what people react to. Now your stories, your stories show up in the very top row when you're on the homepage of Instagram. When you're not looking at your profile, there's a top row of circular icons. And you can slide from left to right on those. You can slide from left to right. wherever you want. When you click, so the photograph in those circular icons are the profile photos of the people you follow. Every time they upload a new story, it shows up when you click that part of of the of the dashboard mm-hmm. and stories generally disappear within 24 hours right oh Can yes you talk about that? yes I mean, what you... so so stories yeah. are stories are pretty interesting um stories generally disappear after 24 hours right um and stories uh 
the order of them is important as well. Yep. I've seen a lot of companies, even professional service companies, using the order of their stories in, in, in little interesting ways so that you're compelled to click on their next story because it automatically goes to whatever the next story is. Right. Um, it, it's a little timer that only lets you view it for a certain amount of time. Right. But the order of that allows the stories, if you want, to lead into one another. And the other thing that's cool about the stories is that once the stories are finished, you can add them to a highlight. So highlights are, are a great way to save a story um, after the 24 hours has run out yep. and then organize your stories into different categories. Yes. I've seen businesses categorize their stories using highlights um, into different buckets of things that they provide and things that they do. Yep. So a financial company, for instance, might have a bucket of highlights, which and the highlights appear on your profile page. So when people visit your profile page and they want to get a quick idea of the things that you do in during tax season, right. for instance, yeah. you can have a highlight because you can edit the actual label of the highlight. And then every time you post a story that fits into that bucket that you want to make sure that you save so that people see, you can click a little heart button at the bottom of the story and add it to that tax season highlight reel that you create. So for wait, yourself. you can keep adding to highlights? You can keep adding now to that highlights. I didn't know, Astra. I just yeah. learned that today. Yeah. Thank you. So... <laughs> You can keep adding to highlight. There are people with highlight categories that have like 20, 30 stories on mm -hmm. them over a series of time. So, I mean, these are all opportunities for professional services to leverage the variety of powerful visual tools and messaging opportunities for your business. You know, highlights because you can have um, um, scheduled, planned, permanent brand messages, your story helps you understand, helps have, helps a potential or existing customer understand things that are happening for you within 24 hours. You could be posting a story once a day, which would be great. Mm -hmm. You know, you can do videos, of course, on stories as well. And then the feed, of course, is a place that you can be very intentional. It's, it's, it could be either, you know, showing things happening in the moment where you're kind of on the fly, or you could have intentional curated images, which represent the full scope of your brand. So it's not as topical as you could make the stories or as instantaneous or, you know, what's happening in the moment with a highlight. It really can be something that you curate um, in advance, you know, on a weekly, monthly, or quarterly basis. That's what's really amazing about your feed because the reality is, is that depending on how long you've been posting, if you've been posting for a year, people can go back and click you know, the grid format and they can quickly scroll without through. Sp scroll through without really specifically looking at images, but they'll get an overall feeling of your brand by just going back. And you should actually, as a business owner, you should do the same because you might want to go back and delete some things. You know, you might want to go back and say, oh, you know what? I actually don't really think this represents my brand anymore. I've done that. I've gone back and deleted things that really didn't look as nice as I thought they did initially. That's one of the powerful things about digital media. You can always go back and delete. Well, mm -hmm. you know, within reason. Yeah, within reason. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I totally agree. Your Instagram feed, um, if you're creating something like a content calendar, that's a, a really good place where you know that you've already have an idea of what you're going to post. Mm -hmm. um, the stories always feel a little more spontaneous, but yep. I don't want you to think that that doesn't mean that people aren't meticulously planning their stories. They are. Right. So, well, yeah, I mean, it, it takes time to get used to that. I mean, you've really got to get used to it. It's not something that necessarily comes naturally for everyone. But I yeah. love that you use the word spontaneous because that's 
a good way to differentiate between your feed and your story. I mean, mm. stories really are almost designed for more spontane- spontaneous feel. Yeah. And think about it from the user's perspective. Yeah. A person can look at a picture that you post on the feed for as long as they want until they scroll through it. Right. A story's time runs out. You see the little indicator that it's about to go to right. the next story. Right. So you should think about that when you're creating stories right. for your business because you need to know that whatever you're showing them, you right. have to be able to get the point across before that little timer runs out and it goes to the next story. I would also say that an easy way if we're talking about stories specifically Mm -hmm. to make your stories stand out from the crowd is utilizing the features that Instagram has added to stories. Being able to add polls. You Mm -hmm. can now have people ask you questions. Yeah. Um, A great way to spruce up your stories as a professional services is don't be afraid to use animated GIFs or emojis or things like that. I mean, that's a place to do it because like you said, it's a spontaneous, fun um, tool on Instagram, it which should, means it should be eye catching. I really should be. I mean, you can like you can draw little smiley faces. You can use the pen tool, and you can you can do you know blends, and there's just all kinds of fun stuff. There's all different kinds of filters, so that's a place for you to sort of loosen up a little bit as a professional services business, where you can kind of show a little bit of your creativity within reason. Use gifts, <laughs> those those flashing arrows right. or Don't those little highlights. Stuff. Don't try your like, own stuff. They're great, not unless you're really good at it. Um, can you talk about, I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about content more. Okay. So here's the content based on Instagram for businesses blog that works best in, in the feed versus content that works best in stories. So the number one thing, and, and this may apply to your business or may not depends on what the professional services is, but this is something to keep in mind as far as what people click away from when you're crafting your content. So content that people value more in the feed than in stories helps them connect with their friends and families, gives an inside look on the life of their friends or their families, lets them share their passions or hobbies, lets them connect with people who share their interests. Um, And then number five is lets them explore and discover new things related to their passions and hobbies. So that's the content that people gravitate more towards in the feed as opposed to in the story. And so how do you translate, how do you, so how do you translate that to professional services? So when you think about connecting to friends and family, that is a place to help you connect to your employees or people that are in your network or community or your colleagues. When you talk about an inside look at the lives of my friends and family for professional services, that could be bird's eye view of you in action at work with a customer with their permission, of course, where you're showing yourself in the context of helping them solve a problem. Um, You know, earlier Esther talked about backing up a little bit, you know, have someone take images of you at work with a customer. That's perfect. When you talk about passions or hobbies for professional services, your company might be a sponsor or might be, um, you know, helping, um, you know, a nonprofit organization do work in the field that shows your company adding value to something outside of your company. When you talk about connecting to people who share interests as professional services, I have clients that all do kind of the same thing, right? But we all get together and we, you know, go out and we talk about things happening in in the industry. So why not have images where you're showing yourself with people and clients and customers that do the same things? That's a perfect way to take this information and apply it to professional services. And then when you talk about things that are interesting, why not take a video of you exploring 
um, the neighborhood or exploring the town that your company that your company is in. So if you have an office, for example, at WeWork, why not do a little video where you're walking around the WeWork office and you're saying, oh my gosh, here, look at this awesome kitchen or having some images of you looking out the window or you could actually be showing images that you're taking with your camera of things that are happening in the office. So there's a lot of ways to read resources like this and say, how do I apply that to professional services? Because it does take a little bit more work to do that. And this is the place that professional services companies have trouble. How do I translate a channel like Instagram, which is all visual into what I'm doing? And it, this is going to take some time. It takes effort and it takes a more thoughtful, mindful process when you're developing this content. It's not as easy as showing a picture of lipstick. It's just, it's never going to be easy like that. Yeah. And another way to think about um, some of the things that we just read off about content that works in the feed for professional services specifically is to also think about what's important to your client. So um, one good example I saw on Instagram was a tax service that, um, so the photograph was of a, a barista holding a, a paper cup. And on the paper cup, it said side hustle. Oh, I love that. And so the caption was, um, what's your side hustle or what, if you're, what are your dreams related to your side hustle? That is so and cool. And they said a little bit more, but it basically summed up to this. We can help you do your taxes if you're a freelancer. Right, right. But it, was, it shaped it in a way where it's like, we know people have other passions. We're acknowledging that. And we're also acknowledging some of the challenges that come with being someone like a freelancer or someone who has a side hustle. Here's how our business fits into the context I of your dreams. It. And we also know that you probably go to Starbucks every day and get a cup of coffee. And do work there too. Exactly. You're so it's a, it's a whole site. layered little yeah. thing where you're fitting your product into the context of people's lives. I love it. And yep. that's a great way if there are things like holidays or if there are major sporting events that happen, things that you think that your target audience might also be acknowledging. Yeah. Try to fit yourself into the context of that. Right. Um, right. And that's know, and that's like topical, right? So, I mean, yeah. you know, we didn't really talk at all about, you know, hashtags, but you know, there's things happening on a daily basis and you can be doing research on hashtags on Instagram and say, oh, let me find some hashtags that might be relevant to the work that I'm doing and leverage that hashtag to send a message or tell a story. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something that's really useful on Instagram as well. Mm -hmm. Because when you start using hashtags in the context of your business, you can drive a lot of, um, you know, views and visitors that will pull those hashtags up to their feed and they'll go to your site and take a or they'll go to your feed and take a look at what's happening and they might like your post so those are just ways to increase engagement yeah and as far as lifestyle goes and we're thinking about strategically using hashtags also consider this um if the only people who are using the accounting hashtag are accountants or account accounting students those aren't necessarily the places that your target audience might hang out unless they're specifically looking for accounting services mm -hmm. right but if you hashtag something like freelance for instance or graphic design if you're thinking about the types of things that people do to freelance or do as a side hustle that those are the type of people that will need accounting services because their books are so complicated because they do so many things yeah so when I mean yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And I also like the idea. I was just thinking too about, um, you know, when with, with professional services, highlighting your customers always really works because, you know, um, if you're in your customer's office and they happen to have branding or they happen to have a t-shirt or they happen to have a business card that you can show, um, with their permission, definitely leverage that because you can tell a story around that, especially if the client that you're working with has a really cool business, you know, like 
um, one of my clients sells, you know, tech apparel. I mean, she's got products. So, you know, why don't I leverage her products to talk about my business? That's another way to look at it as well. Yeah, it's a really good, mutually beneficial mm-hmm. thing. And user-generated content does do very well on social. So real quick, let's just talk about some of the things that Instagram says work on stories as opposed to on the feed. I want to hear this because, I mean, stories for me, there is a fine line between being professional and having too much fun. And I feel like stories, sometimes I have so much fun that I forget. (laughs) Get a little creative. I Um, know, yeah. So stories, content people value more in stories than in feed are the following. Provides information I trust on things I care about. Provides information on events, shows, concerts, fairs that are relevant to me. Easy peasy. Gives me an insider view of my favorite celebrities. That one might not apply to us. Well, I mean, it really depends. For example, if if you're really enamored with Beyonce, that's really awesome. But you want to take a look at what's happening with her on the business side. You know, who is her fashion designer? You know, who is handling... Um, you know, her booking, I mean, you know, just, just, just go beyond, you know, her latest hit song that she's doing with her husband, Jay-Z, you know, focus on the business side of things. And that's that's a really really cool, fun way to jump into a topical conversation. So, uh, number four, let's me find out about new products that are relevant to me. Yeah. Oh my God. That is so easy for professional services. For professional services. Because it's all insider information. Oh my gosh. I mean, you know, you could swap that word products for services. For services. Literally. Or, you know, industry trends, industry trends, new laws that have changed, you know, new technology that's been released, um, new marketing tools available for business. I mean, there's so much you can do on that. Mm -hmm. Really easy kind of content to create around that. Yeah. What's the next one? The last one is allows me to stay in the know about brands that I'm interested in. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, when I think about my own business, Deloitte Digital is killing it out there. I mean, I love what Deloitte Digital is doing. I think they're doing really cool things on the tech consulting side and they're, and they're creating trends and they're research, they're, they're researching things that are happening um, for enterprises. I love looking at what they're doing. That's an awesome list. I think Instagram's yeah. done a great job with that. I mean, a lot of what they're doing is product heavy, you know, and again, um, it becomes intimidating when you're um, a boring professional services company <laughs> to look at Instagram and, 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 and say, I could never be that beautiful. It's kind of like, you know, the Miss America pageant, I'll never make it. You know, I never, I can't wear that bikini, but you've really just got to focus on, um, other awesome ways to communicate your content Yeah, that doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, the bikini or the Chanel shoes. Mm -hmm. And a good thing to keep in mind, just universally for, um, professional services and other businesses is that all branding is aspirational and positivity always wins online. Positivity always wins. Positivity always 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 whatever you're talking about yeah as long as you put a positive spin on it so can i put a smiley face on everything no will that work no (laughs) i mean it wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing in the world but (laughs) make sure that you're giving your customers some sort of a hope or excitement or any name any positive emotion give them that Right. Um, as a small business, when we want to talk about authenticity, I don't want you to be talking about the struggles that you're facing as a company on your social media profile. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think there is a place to express not necessarily frustration, but 
here's a challenge and here's how I solve the challenge. Or has this ever happened to you as a small business owner? Yes. Well, this just happened to me because they're, they're, you know, yeah, you know, it's almost like that whole thing when you're on social media, everything is like happy, hunky dory, lovely, wonderful. Everything's beautiful. And, and my life is perfect all the time. And sometimes that gets to the, well, that's not even real. That's not authentic. There's no way that everything is perfect all the time, you know? So I do think there is a place occasionally for honesty and truth and look, this is really hard. This is a grind. Look at me. I didn't even get my makeup on today. That's how hard I'm working. Or look at like I don't even have any more coffee in my in my grinder. I've got to. I mean, there's all kinds of yeah. things you could be showing other people. You know, I'm a real person and I do make mistakes. And but those things that you're referring to, like when your coffee runs out or when your Uber is late, those <laughs> things have like a meme joke quality to they it. Do. So it's true. like, Getting look at this struggle, yep. but also let's laugh about let's the fact that together. this is an annoying thing that let's happens all the time. Yeah. Let's laugh together. Exactly. Laughing can be cathartic. Jokes can be about very non-funny things. Right. But as long as you keep that spin and you don't fall into the woe is me trap. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Another cool way for business to business, professional services companies to create content is to go out on Google search and look for relevant quotes that align with your business. So there's a couple of really awesome sites. I think brainyquotes.com. If you type in finance quotes, or if you type in marketing quotes or advertising quotes or quotes about lawyers or quotes about law or legal, you can find messages to create that you can put in your Instagram feed. And some of the tools you can use to express those images, Canva is a great tool. I know you love to use Canva, Esther, right? Canva is amazing. It's amazing, right? Use it, please. Oh, it's so great because you could, with Canva, you can do all kinds of sizes, Instagram size, Facebook size, Twitter size. I mean, it, it actually sets, you can set up an image and then you can just change the proportion. So it's designed perfectly for the channel. But anyway, my point is, is that, you know, ways to change up your content. So you're not always in this endless mythic, you know, epic struggle. What do I write today is use quotes, find things from people that you admire that align with your vision and your and your your strategy for your business. I mean, Oprah is easy. She's low hanging fruit, right? I mean, everybody loves a really awesome Oprah quote. But come up with some other people. Who else can you be leveraging that said something really cool that makes sense for you? Yeah, and a good place to do that is finding um, industry leaders that might be a little more well known. Yeah, like Tim if Cook. you're a lawyer, famous <laughs> lawyers. If you think about if you're a doctor. And most of the people following your feed are medical students. Mm. So then you know the kinds of things that might re- might resonate, resonate or be- with them. Right, and right. I would include things about like perseverance or caring. Big giant or, concepts. Yeah, yep. big giant concepts that are universal but can also apply directly to your um, service. So yeah. caring, meticulousness, right. craftsmanship, or even things like Mel Robbins is great for an inspirational quote. Brene Brown, they have quotes mm-hmm. about, you know, perseverance and dedication and mm-hmm. getting back up another time right. that can apply to anyone's professional services, but also have universal messages that resonate with people outside of that as well. And remember to always hashtag their names and hashtag the message and write the message out inside the body of the Instagram, you know, field, because 
having the the quote in the image is great, but having the quote actually written out is even better because then it'll be found more easily. The other thing I want to mention about quotes is there is nothing wrong with hearing something cool that your client might say or one of your colleagues says that you can actually build a conversation around that in a quote, you know, because it doesn't have to be a famous person all the time. There's other ways to promote, promote this information. There's also something else. Um, say um oh okay what's also cool about making quotes it forces you as a business owner to think strategically and think about content more don't be so lazy all the time and start snapping pictures wildly without thinking about how this adds value to the business that you're in. You know, it's just really easy to take a picture and post it on Instagram. That, you know, unless you're a professional photographer, unless you're a professional writer, unless you're a professional marketer, and a lot of small businesses, you know, some of them are are marketers that have a business, but other small businesses, you know, they're not naturally instinctively marketers. So you, this is a way to, 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 to take the time, slow down a bit, a little bit, and, and think about curating your content. And we talked about this earlier. When you are a professional services company or B2B, how do you make money on Instagram? And I can't wait to hear your thoughts, Esther, but generally speaking, it's much more challenging for B2B and professional services to make money on Instagram because we're not selling products. Um, we're not selling um, retail services, things like that. Rather, we're selling concepts and ideas. And how do you sell concepts and ideas and make money? It's a longer, longer journey, um, one that requires consistent, curated, intentional, deliberate content delivery on Instagram. Um, that does not mean that you can't buy advertising on Instagram. You know, it, it kind of means that what you want to do on the advertising side is um, have a goal of brand awareness, you know, or fan acquisition, which is really challenging on Instagram, actually. But you can boost posts to drive people to your Instagram channel in the hopes that someone will click the follow button, right? I mean, there isn't a button on Instagram the way there is on Facebook, which says, click this button and like my page. It doesn't exist on Instagram. Yeah, that's in the form of like a follow. Yes, but there isn't... Exactly. But it's, it's not, it's not as much of a direct hit Mm -hmm. as it is on Facebook. It takes, you know, more time and more thought to get people to your channel to then ask them to see it and view it and to keep coming, coming back for more. And then eventually saying, I'm going to follow this channel. So it's a different experience when you're professional services. So this isn't to say you shouldn't you should not buy advertising. It just means that before you spend your money, make sure that you have a full plate of delicious food on your channel first, and then hopefully people will see the food and then they'll want to go and try and eat it. And then maybe they'll say, you know what, I'm going to follow this channel. So I would never just start dropping cash on Instagram when you're professional or B2B services. Wouldn't I, do it. I agree. As you say, patience. Um is required on Instagram. 
yes, patience is required with Instagram. Patience is required um, on any sort of social media strategy because it does take time and it takes attention. One, it takes time for people to catch on. It takes time for you to find where your target audience is existing. It takes time for you to um, review the data that you gather as you're you know, taking small bites of the social media apple, so to speak. Um, and it takes attention um, for you to look at that data and then tweak what you're doing slightly um, to make sure that you're getting the most out of it. Right. Or that your audience is getting the most out of it. And you'll see over time what people react to. But especially on Instagram. I mean, you know, why do you think all of us, especially those that have a business profile, we get slammed repeatedly from people offering to grow our Instagram channels? Because if it were easy, you wouldn't be getting hit up so often. Yeah. (laughs) By these people trying to say, get a thousand followers a day. I mean, really? Yeah. You know, so it it is a longer process, but it does work. Um, So... Something to consider for professional services. Do not get discouraged. It just takes time. If you can't be the biggest, be the first. You should always be enthusiastic about using new features and services provided by a platform like Instagram because when those features first come out, they know that most people aren't going to use them because it's so new. If you're a first mover in that space and you're the first one that's really creating good quality content for something like IGTV or if you're utilizing the new features like the question feature or the music feature on Instagram stories, the company is going to take notice of that. And eventually you will have more data available to you than other people because you've been doing it for longer. Yeah. And the other thing to add to that is these companies need user experience on these products. So they're going to be giving you more information and more uses for it. And at some point over time, when they get the critical mass of users that they need, they start pulling back some of the features and some of the benefits because they start raising the bar for the results they're going to be hopefully getting you to generate. So I think it's important to consider that um, when you're a business, if there's something like this coming out, just go for it, start using it. I mean, when um, IGTV came out, I think Oprah TV or what was her TV show? I mean, own. Yeah, own. I mean, she did a lot on IGTV right off the bat. Yeah, they didn't waste any time jumping on that bandwagon, and I loved it because I thought they really provided good visual leadership for other people to follow on how to use that that particular um, new feature that Instagram released. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yes, use everything. Use everything when you're a business. There's no guarantee that something is going to take off or snowball, but you know what? It, it creates, it's like a muscle that you have to exercise. Yeah. People talk all the time, like meerkat, Periscope, YouTube, like there are lots of things that were predecessors to YouTube or things that happened during YouTube or before IGTV, like Vine Mm -hmm. and things like that, that you might say, okay, Vine is dead, but the skills that you exercise by creating content for Vine are useful somewhere else. Those skills are transferable because yeah. the internet is unified by mm-hmm. the fact that good content wins. Right. So you need to practice getting better at creating good content, yeah. getting a workflow down, understanding what your visual brand is. And no matter what comes up, there's as no the failure next thing. There's no failure. You're that much better of a content creator. You're that yeah. much better at expressing the, the goals of your business and, and, and who you are as a, a brand, a company or professional service. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of The Honest Field Guide, where we talked about the state of Instagram. I'm Ginger Birkenbuehl, CEO of Burke Creative. And I'm Esther Coro, and this is The Honest Field Guide. 
The Honest Fuel Guide podcast is produced by Burke Creative, written and created by Ginger Birkenbuehl and Esther Coro. The podcast is recorded in the innovation and technology capital of the Midwest, Chicago, at Stomping Ground Studios in Ukrainian Village. Original music is written by and provided courtesy of Utah Carol. Follow Honest Field Guide on Instagram and Twitter. The opinions expressed on the Honest Field Guide are opinions only and only represent the views of Ginger Burke and Buell and Esther Ikoro.